This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yeah, I think he's fired up. I know he has so much respect for you know that coaching staff and so many teammates that they had a lot of success together. Uh, both Chandon as well and and Z um, guys that have played a lot of snaps for that defense over the last few years and, and had a lot of success. So I know uh, I'd like to think each and every week is going to be important to those guys and. Uh, but but I you know I'd be lying if I said that I didn't expect them to be that much more dialed in, that much more focused this week, knowing um, that they want to get off to a great start against their former team. But it's going to be a heck of a challenge. This is a really good football team, and they know that. There he is. That's a that's a sharp hooded sweatshirt too, man. I'm just thinking yeah, I'm those telling are you. flying off the shelves. The merch man. is good right now. The merch is solid. Been some yeah, bad merch. merch life. Merch life in the NFL. How much does the NFL make off merchandise? If I just Google that real quick. Oh, God. I mean, they have all they have new swag like every single week, right? Basically, right? yeah. NFL annual merchandise revenue. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, woo. Uh, wow. No, that's betting revenue. Okay. Uh, anyways, I don't know. It's a lot of money because of great hooded sweatshirts like that. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Mackie and Judd here. We're working on our own merch department here. At some point this right. fall, we will do another pop-up store for those of you that didn't get your uh, your purple daily hat here Love or your hat. before I die T-shirt. So, but um, let's start the show here today and uh, basically steal an idea from our friend Patrick Royce. He wrote, and, and in fairness, he kind of stole it from us. <laughs> Yeah, but late last week I, we were talking. What? He goes, "What? What? Uh, what do the Twins need to do to be successful?" And Judd and I are like, "Win a freaking playoff game." Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then he he wrote this weekend in the Star Tribune. Here are here are the goals or the bar needed to be met for each of. I think he named like the four men's professional sports teams. And uh, I think we should I think we should go through this exercise here, starting with the Vikings here. And I've got five teams for you: Vikings, Twins, Gophers, football, because they just started their season. Wolves and Wild, what constitutes a successful season for these five Minnesota sports teams, starting with the Vikings in 2022? All right. Um, A successful season to me is a playoff berth. It's a playoff berth. This is a team that brought back a ton of players, um, and and so in doing so, they definitely raised expectations because they essentially said we can win. We can win where Mike couldn't win. Um, change strategies, change schemes. But when you look at the upper echelon players brought back, I think that this team should contend for a playoff berth. And if they make it, it's a, a successful year. 
Uh, heck, if they qualify as a wild card, I think that's fine. But I think what we're looking for from the Vikings in 2022 is progress. Um, and there were a lot of problems that held this team back from being successful the last two years. I don't know that talent was the problem. Like, there were definitely some positions. But when you you look at Jefferson, Thielen, Cousins statistics, Cook, if you have a healthy Daniil Hunter play 16 to 17 games, um, and Zadarius Smith do the same thing, and that's a big if, but I think that this team very much should contend, and I don't think it's too much to ask for them to make the playoffs. That, to me, is a successful season for the Vikings this year. I think a successful season, it's it's not necessarily how far they go in the playoffs or if they make the playoffs, but for the Vikings, it's just be likable again. I, I feel like there there is some aura around the Vikings <laughs> well, from wins. Well, yes, but like in different Great retrospect. Sense. No, 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 but but in different retrospect, like Zimmer and Cousins, there's negative energy around them. Like Zimmer for years, just the shtick got old, right? You had to get a new breath of fresh air in Kevin O'Connell to kind of preach optimism and also make the Vikings more optimal in 2022 and not running the football all the time and playing defense, you know, as as their mo. I feel like there are a fraction of Vikings fans who just obviously are kind of got sick and stale of it. Of, of the old shtick, and they're optimistic going into this season, but the Vikings just have felt behind the times in the NFL the last few years with how they have basically ran their offense, and can you make the Vikings more watchable? Can you make them more entertaining? Can you make that offense go over the top? There's too many superstars on it to not have it be fully embraced, and I think that's the goal for me to see under Kevin O'Connell's first season. You know what? I'm actually in lockstep with Declan here. And I don't, I don't normally, I'm not going to be super picky about how it happens. I like generally my, my goal for the Vikings is win 10 games or more and get back to the playoffs. So with Judd on that one, but I'm also putting kind of a sub bullet point here for them, which is, and become a top 10 scoring offense. Right. And I think, I don't think it's unfair to say top eight scoring offense. You got enough pieces here. Yep. Your offensive line isn't perfect, but it's better. You know, you got a bunch of first and second round picks up front. You got a franchise right tackle. We think you probably have a franchise left tackle over here and should have some stability at the guard spot. So you you got enough up front where you're not going to have pressure on every single snap. You got weapons galore. I mean, how many? There's probably maybe two or three teams that wouldn't take the Vikings' weapons, if that, around the league. So. So maybe it's my, my first goal is a process goal, which is become a top 10 scoring offense. And then if that happens, you should then win 10 or more games and get back to the playoffs. Yep. And I think a bonus goal would be to win a playoff game because ultimately, you know, we say it on Purple Daily. We want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. So the ultimate bar is win a Super Bowl. I don't know that any of us are putting that exact goal on this year's team with a new head coach. I think it, it's fair to say that there's a process here that, you have to go through, and maybe year two is the is the peak year. But top ten scoring offense, win ten games or more, get back to the playoffs. That is the baseline for success for the Vikings this year with the eye on Super Bowl contention in 2023-24. I think that's very that's fair. fair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and look, I mean, this, this is going to hinge um, as much as there's going to be some people who hate to hear this on Kirk as well. Like, the grand experiment is Kirk. And we could talk about, well, that's not fair to Kirk. It's a team. Well, actually, it's fair. He's the quarterback. And so, to me, this is go- This is the last gasp for Kirk of, can you do this? 
and I don't mean put up good stats. I know that. But can you can you take this team to where Phil said, which is a top five to eight scoring offense, consistently um, making plays to win games, and then if your defense is strong enough, it should work out. But yeah, I think it's very fair to say that this should be a successful year and that 2023 there should be a legitimate amount of pressure to be very good. I think that's where like my likable bin goes in. It's, it's with more with Kirk, right? Like there are a ton of people who are just out on Kirk Cousins. This is the last hurrah. They, even even they're probably not even giving him a chance for 2022. He can win them back with how well he plays this season. He really can. He can change that perception. He has the ability if he wants to to change that perception. I think that's where my likable bin comes in. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, that's the bar. And, Judd, you did remind us here also, I don't want to leave Minnesota United out, so I'm going to sneak them in here real quick. And I know that you aren't exactly glued to MLS soccer games, but I will start us off for MLS, for uh, Minnesota United, and I will say it's time to make a playoff run here. Yep. I'm going to say the goal should be, at this point, you are what? You are year six of Adrian Heath, year six MLS. This is the best season they've had in terms of where they rank uh, in total points in the standings. They got hot earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. So I will say get to the MLS Cup and lose. But get, but pl- play for the championship should be the goal for this season, right? You uh, you had a you had a heartbreak. Was it two years ago, the pandemic yeah. year? They had that playoff heartbreak. Oh, Seattle. They became they be, officially became a Minnesota sports team yes, they did. in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and so I am uh, I'm going to say, you know what? Make a run, guys. Make a run. So they, they started off cold. I, I think in the first portion of the year, they couldn't score a damn goal. Then it, they, they got super hot. I think they had an 8-1-2 and two stretch until they've lost like their last two uh, matches. But that being said, yes, this team, this team, one, needs to make the playoffs. Two, they need to host a playoff game. And three, they need to make a, a run. And I think what drives the fans of this team crazy, rightfully so, is at times the inconsistency, right? They're up, they're down, they're manic. So I don't know. I don't know if I think that they have to make the championship match, but I do think that they do, that they definitely have to play a home playoff game and establish a consistency that it feels like they have lacked. I think that's a fair way to say it. You know, soccer fans are, are super cult following and they love their team. I would say for the MNUFC is just sign and bring in some type of superstar player that kind of changes your perception overnight. Like, right. Like there are superstar players in Europe that will come over to the MLS. Can you find a superstar player and market that guy? Like Christian Ramirez was a really good player for, for United, even before they became an MLS team scored a lot of big goals. Can you find a superstar and also market them to get even more butts in the seats, maybe even convert soccer fans who aren't soccer fans to come to the stadium to watch him play I would say it's sign a superstar player, bring in some type of very well-known soccer player uh, to make your team go over the top with your perception. All right. Uh, all right. The Twins. I think we all kind of agree here, but I'll let Judd start. What, should, what, is the, what is the bar to meet for the Twins this season? Win the damn division and then win a playoff game. Um. And and this team this team now is at, at the point they drive me absolutely crazy like they drive me bonkers like I I I now despise th- this team almost as much as I did the the wild teams back in like 2016 <laughs> 17 18 honest to God they drive me up the wall they are stupid on the base paths um, I know they've got guys hurt everybody has guys hurt okay everybody does. 
And as we've discussed extensively, they also have created some of their own problems when it comes to having guys hurt. And you know what? Buxton being out sucks. But if you tell me, well, I mean, if they had, but they're going to, Buxton's going to get hurt every single season at some point in time. The question is the severity. So my, my goal here for them is very simple. Win a division that's a complete embarrassment to baseball and then go win a playoff game and then we can talk. But when you've lost 18 consecutive playoff games, damn near impossible to do. I can't get past that. Win game. In fact, you know what? Here's here's the thing. Win the division, get in the playoffs, win game one. Just win oh, game, game one. one. So, so if they lose game one and well, then win saying, game two. I'm just what saying. If they I'm so, win, what if they lose game one and then win the next two in advance? It's a failed season for you? Just win game one. Just honest <laughs> to God. End Failure. This. It's a don't fail. Get to, but don't get to 19. Don't get to 19 consecutive playoff losses. Ooh, what's the difference between 18 and 19 at this point? Now, 20 is a round number. And then you, and, the, and if you get to 20. You ask me. If you get to 20, you're you guys out go. pretty much. I'm giving you my opinion, this team. I hate this team. All right, so win the division, win a win a playoff game. Yeah, but but it's got to be game one. Well, his, don't his get judge. to nineteen consecutive losses. Yeah, I mean right, it, exactly. it, it's it's win just win a playoff game, man. It's been almost twenty years. Uh, you you've had numerous opportunities. You've had numerous different groups that have gone in the postseason. It's not just been the same one. Win a playoff game. I was with I was hanging out with a friend on Friday night. Diehard Chicago White Sox fan. Just born and bred in Chicago. Loves the loves the Sox, but knows that his Sox have been underachieving. He thinks Cleveland runs away with the division. He just still thinks that they'll they'll eventually get past the Twins and the White Sox. But he said to me, I can't tell you as being a White Sox fan how much I enjoy watching the Twins lose so many playoff games. It literally it brings him joy to watch Minnesota sports fans become so upset and Dude. angry with it. And I can't blame him. And of course, we're watching the debacle on Friday night, and he thinks it's hilarious how they, that game ends. Um, but the, the, the goal is to win a playoff game. It's an embarrassing sports losing streak that I don't really think people know about outside of the division, outside of uh, uh, fans that watch the Twins every day. The goal is to win a playoff game. Snap that losing streak. So, yes, that I, I've actually kind of changed my tune a little bit thinking about this. I think the goal should be a step above that because here's what's going to happen. If, if we set the goal at win a crappy division, win a playoff game, all right, they, they win game one. And then they get, and then they maybe they play the Blue Jays or something or the Mariners, and then they lose games two and three and they don't advance. Mm-hmm. Are people really going to at the end of that series ah, breathe a breath of fresh air, a sigh of relief, and say, "Oh man, boy, they uh, they really cleaned our clocks in those uh, second and third games of that series." But we want a playoff game, or will the conversation and I and even on this show, will the conversation turn toward? Okay, now it's been twenty plus years since you advanced in the playoffs because because now we got to go back to two thousand two was the last time they advanced in the playoffs. Right. There's always some, so they can they can wipe all of this out by just winning two out of three games against a non elite American League team because they're not going to play the Yankees. They're not going to play the Astros. If they win the division, they will play. And the Mariners and the Blue Jays and the Rays are good teams, but those are not like daunting teams that you can't take two out of three games from. So they can end all of these like 18 years since this, 20 years since this. They can end all of it by winning a crappy division with 85 or 86 wins and taking two out of three from the Rays or the Blue Jays. Mm -hmm. So my new goal is take two out of three from a non-division winning team. I've, just, I've decided I despise I despise this group so much. Win a playoff game and then get out of my way. Get me hockey season, football, basketball, 
I don't want to see you after that. I want you to win one playoff game, and then I'm going to banish you to your room. Go play golf. I don't want to see you anymore. What is it? Because I also have had a hard time wrapping my arms around this team, and I have been very frontal saying that it's partially this team, but it's also just like 20 years of Twins disappointment inertia that is feeding into my feelings about this team. What is it specifically about this team that pisses you off so much? How smart the people at the top think they, they are when they're not that smart just pisses me off to no end. It just pisses me off to no end. The fact that these guys clearly make decisions based on based on nothing to do with the game itself. And look, the numbers are great. I have no problem. Factor in everything. But they don't. They, they like, completely ignore human beings. And so it, it drives me. It pisses me off. Like, I know what they're doing, and they're running headlong into a damn wall every game. Friday night, Declan's right. I mean, that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. And, I mean, Duran threw 11 pitches. You need to win that game. Bring him back. It's not that hard. And, he was. And by the way, he's not going to pitch on Saturday. So it's not like, well, he's going to come back the next night. If he was, that's my challenge in the playoffs. Do you guys have the um, intestinal fortitude to realize it's three games in three days? You can't just be like, well... Duran's out for tomorrow's game now. McGill will pitch. You idiots. So I I hate the idiotic nature of the decisions being made. And and I hate the fact that it all feels so passive. Like Rocco feels, and it's not all his fault, but he feels it's so passive. You know, oh, I thought we played really well. Dude, no, you don't. And and the other thing, too, is can somebody get Dylan Bundy on the record to say this is the stupidest bleeping thing and I wouldn't come back here if you paid me $5 million next season? I mean, maybe if he had more support from the media like you, maybe if you would apologize to him because he's been lights out the last month. You know what? I'm, I, he might feel more emboldened if he had some more support. You know what? I'm a, guys like you. You know what? Though? But at least I had at least I had the guts to come out and rip him and now I'm, I might be wrong. That's great. But I ripped him. These guys just, there's no there there. I can't wait for how awkward it's going to be when this team sweeps the first round of the playoffs, gets everyone excited, and then this show has to tap dance around everything we said for months I can't do negative that. about them. I'm not going to be able to do that. I got bad news for you guys. They're, they're going to be up like two games to nothing against the Astros in the second round or something, and Judd's going to be like, nope, no, I hate this I can't team. do it. I hate this team. Give me the Vikings. Vikings, Lions, damn it. So do we all? All right. So we all agree they need to at least win a playoff game, and I think they need to win a playoff series to put 20 years of this crap to bed. Um, let's shout out, by the way, if you, if you agree or disagree, you can kind of put your money where your mouth is on underdog fantasy. That's the, that's, that's the right. best part. We got, uh, we got a little something cooking up here on underdog fantasy. We have our first ever fantasy football week one league, uh, with Judd Zolgan and myself, eight listeners, the first eight listeners to join our week one slate of fantasy football and underdog fantasy can play fantasy football against Judd and myself. It is right here in the YouTube comment section. I will also be tweeting it out. From, the, from my Twitter account and the Score North account as well. You can join. We have eight spots left. It's just the noon and afternoon slot of Sunday. So no Thursday night football, no primetime games. It's just noon and 3 p.m. games. It's uh, We got some money on the line, too. If you win, you win 17 bucks. I think even second place and third place get their money back. So the first three teams will actually uh, get a little bit of bragging rights here. and You can play against Judd and myself. Join Underdog Fantasy now. Promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. Play fantasy football against us at Score North with Underdog Fantasy. Love it. Uh, also, guys, listen, uh, ED can be an embarrassing condition, but it, it, the fix doesn't have to be. This is where Valley Park comes in. They are dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. 
only clinic in Minnesota to use the True Pulse protocol, one of the most effective solutions for ED available. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive, and the people at Valley Park are highly trained. All right? Don't worry. They'll work with you in a discreet manner and make you feel at home so you can ask any question in a professional and confidential environment. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. Get this area of your life handled, guys. ValleyParkMedicalClinic.com. All right, let's keep moving down our, our list of uh, goals that we are setting, bars that we are setting for Minnesota sports teams. The Gopher football team, 1-0. A very impressive 38 to nothing victory over uh, uh, a not-so-good team in New Mexico State. But uh, what should the bar be for Gophers football in 2022? We talked about this on Monday show. It's very simple to me, a Big Ten West title. The Big Ten West is wide open. Iowa is not good. Their offense is a, just a complete joke. And look, they'll win some games. They'll they'll pop up. I get that. Uh, but you are extremely competitive with them, and in my opinion, better. Wisconsin has a good run game, questionable QB play, good defense. But my God, if you are ever going to win the Big Ten West, which, which to be clear, is not going to be around for a long time now. We're going to go back to some type of different uh, f- format as more teams join the Big Ten Conference. Big the legends Ten, and the leaders. Here's what I back. want. It's very, very simple. Oh, no, God, no. I want the Big Ten West title, and I want to be. I want to see P.J. Flex team in the Big Ten championship game, and I do not think this year that's too much to ask. Uh, yeah, win the West. You know me, devoted Gopher football fan here. Uh, but I, I, I do think they have been. The reason I, I don't care about Gopher football as much as the other teams is because when I was growing up as a young, a young sports fan, I mean, I, I was watching like what Brian Cupido like win the maybe the Sun Bowl. Like I, I, I there, there wasn't much of a highlight or a bar for me to get into Gopher football. But I do think when 2019, when they beat Penn State, that was a blast. That was the most fun I've ever experienced as a Gopher football fan from afar, even. So I think winning the Big Ten West. Getting a New Year's Day bowl, if if it should be the absolute groundwork for the Gopher football team to have a successful season. Boys, I'm going a step further. Okay, here we go. The this, 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 this schedule shapes up. It does. Iowa is not very good. Wisconsin oh, is competitive. Gong show. This is the year that the Gophers should play in the Rose Bowl for the oh, first wow. time since, what, 1960? 1960-something, whatever, the early 60s. Okay, so yeah. just, just to be clear, the Rose Bowl is not part of the college championship this season. It is not. It is not. And part so of the, the winner of the, the, the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, so, I believe. So when the Buckeyes kick your ass in the in the Big Ten championship game, they'll go out. Okay, that's they yep. go to the college football you know playoff. You know what? That's exactly what I said. Then yeah. So I'm I'm basically saying what you thing. guys are saying. I mean, Declan just laughed at me, but if you think about it, you, I'm saying the same thing you guys are saying, just differently. Yeah, no, no I, you're correct. Win the division. Yep. Go to the Big Ten Championship game. Get your ass kicked. Get beat by Michigan or Ohio State. But 40, you'll have, at that five. point, you'll, <laughs> you'll probably have uh, you know nine or ten wins. Yes. No. Even if you lose that game. And uh, and you will kind of backdoor your way into the Rose Bowl against, I don't know, Oregon? I don't know who you're going to wind up playing. Maybe USC or something in the Rose Bowl. If they go, I feel like I have to go. I've never been to one. The Rose Bowl is. I feel. I feel like like that's a that's a definite thing that, because they won't be back before I die either. So like a bucket list. I would love to go. It would be a blast. Like a bucket. Yeah. Well, you're right by there, right? Like you're not far. I'm right by the Rose Bowl. Yes, I live. Well, you're in <laughs> Seattle. I'm saying you wouldn't hour, be only about 25 <laughs> hours away from the Rose Bowl. How how long's the flight? 
probably four hours. Is it really? I'm a, yes. You got to go all the way. The down. Rose Bowl is in Los Angeles, right? But I thought out west you you were closer than that because we're four we're four hours, right? Here, let's look this up. I don't think quick. you're that far. Flight from Minneapolis to uh, Los. Oh, Angeles. that's four hours. Yeah, two and a half. Seattle. It's two and a half. Two and a half yeah, for two, me two, to go to Los Angeles. About two forty. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, you're, you're, right. you're close. Well, what is, it's, okay, it's about four. It's still it's still like a three hour flight though. You made it sound like I'm going to walk Lost, down the street. Yeah. No, to the no, Rose I'm Bowl, just though. saying that you're out west already. <laughs> We're not, but I do feel like I, mm-hmm. I should go. Like if the Gophers are in that game, I don't care if it's part of the college championship or not. I feel like I should be there. Yes, I agree because you don't know when you're going to see it ever again. And I probably won't. And uh, and and you know you don't have to be like a top five ranked team. There's been several years where Wisconsin gets to the road, like three years ago, two years ago, Wisconsin was 11th in the country when they played Oregon. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're you're probably going to have to win 10 games in the regular season. Otherwise, what would happen is like, you know. The, the the second best team in the Big Ten East would would go like Michigan or Ohio State would go so you you definitely have to put up probably ten regular season wins to make that happen okay but um, this is the year to do it yes. you got for God's sakes you got a sixth year quarterback in Tanner Morgan fifth year starter sixth year quarterback so come on guys let's make this happen all right uh, the Minnesota Wild the what's wild? the bar for the Minnesota Wild uh, I think it's a playoff berth. Um, I think that they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to definitely take a step back as far as points go from last year. I don't think that is a a bad thing. Um, I don't see, unfortunately, and it's frustrating, unfortunately with this team, I don't see them unless they they get an incredible hot goaltender in the playoffs. I don't see them uh, winning a playoff series in 2022-23. But I think that this franchise overall, especially with their depth in the in their uh, prospect pool is on the right track, but I'm going to say a playoff berth and a competitive first round. But I do think to be very clear, when you're coming out of cap hell, this team needs to be competing for a cup at, at that point, because I am with all the fans that are tired of the same old, same old here. So, I, I mean, yes, Judd's right that they're probably going to take a step back points wise. They probably won't be as good as they were win percentage and point percentage-wise last season. They were a little bit of an overachiever. The goal is still a playoff run. The goal is a playoff. You've been to the playoffs eight of the last ten years with some okay teams. Last year, a really good team. You've had some really good teams that should have at least made it to the second round at least. They haven't been to the Western Conference Finals. It's just like the Twins. They haven't been there in 18 years, basically. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a playoff run. And to Judd's point, is that this year immediately? I don't know. It might be a little bit. They're getting out of cap hill. Their prospect pool is great, but I do warn, just like baseball fans too, just because you have the number one prospect pool does not mean you have 10 superstars that are just in your pipeline ready to pop and be the exact ceilings they're supposed to be projected at. But the but the goal is a playoff run for this team. They've made the playoffs too many times to just get waxed in six or seven games. you got to absolutely make a run finally. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I agree with Declan conference finals. I don't care that they've listen. They put themselves in cap hell, but they have one of the best players in the NHL. They've got some good young talent and I think they've got the best sort of GM coaching combo on the same page. Bill Guerin brings just this great foresight into an organization that made a lot of moves just on the fly. Just, well, let's just, let's, uh, we're desperate. Oh my God, we're losing in February. Let's make a trade. Bill Guerin has this great hockey foresight. And so I don't accept that they're just going to 
fall out of contention and and miss the playoffs, I think they're going to get in. And then I think once you're in with Kirill Kaprizov, anything's possible. It's the NHL playoffs. You're not going to be favored necessarily, but I still say get to the conference finals for the first time in 20 years. You know, I'm not going to boot them out of town if they don't get there, but that remains the goal in a sport that is very volatile once you get to the playoffs. Let's make it happen. All right. How good is Colorado going to be again this year? Very good. Could be good. Very, very yeah, good. Lose, lose any the conference pieces. is going to be tough. Uh, yeah, uh, Cadre signed with Calgary, so he, and he he was their second line center, and he is very very good. Um, so yes, they will be. They did lose some pieces, uh, but I think the conference overall is going to be tough. Like it's a good conference, and that brings us to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the splashiest team of the off season. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I, I, so we've been very frontal on flagrant howls, uh, myself and Kyle Tagge, that fifty is nifty for this year's team. It's been. 18 years since this team won 50 games in the regular season. Uh So let's start there. Let's become a 50-win team for the first time since the Kevin Garnett era was at its peak. So that's all I want to see, a 50-win regular season. And I'm open to a playoff run, obviously, but the first goal is dominate the regular season with Rudy Gobert, 50-plus wins. I think with what this team has done and and the trade for Gobert and the price of that trade, I need a playoff run from them. I, I need a playoff run. I need, at the very least, a first-round win. I, I would actually apply, Phil, what you said as the goal for the Wild. I would apply that to the Wolves. Western Conference Finals. Why not? Wow. Like, what's holding that? But, yes, the conference is good. I totally get that. But when you look at what this team has, Ant, who is an emerging star, if not just a flat-out star, Cat who, by the way, should take a significant step in, in maturity now. Like, we cannot see what we saw in the Memphis series from Cat ever again, in my opinion. Gobert, who's going to help uh, take some of the inherent pressure on Cat on and off the court, off of him. Why not? Why not a Western Conference Finals for a well-coached team that definitely has talent? Hmm. Yeah, I think, well, my my comeback to that would be, Baby steps for the franchise. They've they've come nowhere near any of that in 18 years. But yeah, like when you start to look at the talent on the team, there should be a big step forward. I think we're just kind of dealing with you know 20, 30 years of franchise mediocrity. So, Declan, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's probably win a playoff series. Um, the bar is still, I think, lower for for them. But but Wolves fans are hungry. Uh, pun intended, to see this team actually be successful, for God's sakes. And Rudy Gobert, they made a big trade to get him. Um, I would love, when when the Wolves were good last year, dude, it was awesome. That playoff run, even though they bought out in six, that was the most fun I can remember having as a Timberwolves fan since KG's run of the Western Conference Finals. Even the Jimmy Butler season, they got off to such a nice start before Jimmy tore his meniscus, but by the time the playoffs rolled around, there was just a stale taste. They had to fight and claw just to get to the eighth seed and it just felt like last year was such a good step forward. And then when you'd make the big move for Rigo Bear, it changes your perception. Um, I, I think the goal is at least winning a first-round playoff series for the Wolves. Yeah, that's fair. 50 wins in a, in a second-round playoff appearance. And then, you know, then you're... Because the second round, you're dealing with, like, the Golden States of the world. And I don't know what the seeding's going to be. But you're dealing with some, some real-deal teams. Um, and then it kind of comes down to, all right, how well does Gobert gel with Cat? Does Ant take a big third-year leap? We talked about that last week on Flagrant Howls. So there it is. Those are uh, 
I mean, the link should always be championship. Go for basketball is just in the in the basement. So I don't know if there's any other teams that you feel passionate about. You need to put a a goal on here. Oh, but. I'd like one. Go for pucksters. Motsko's club national Win it. championship. Need Nothing yep. less need than a natty. A natty. Mm-hmm. I want the natty. I agree. It's been twenty years. I know. Twenty years. I know. Since uh, what are we doing? Back to back, right? The, the mm-hmm. X, and then they. I think they won in Buffalo. Yes, I want a natty for uh, Bob Motsko's team. Okay, and they're that good, by the way, too. Like, there's no debate about it right now. They are really good. They should be. They should be. All right, there it is. Uh, those are those are the goals that we have set. Thanks to our friend Patrick Ricey for the inspiration there. Um, on Tuesdays, we also like to rank things. And so Judd is going to drive the pecking order this week on Mackie and Judd, presented in part by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Speaking of driving, they preach safe driving. In fact, they've got uh, all sorts of tips and tools on their website about how to be a better driver, how to be safer. How to, also, if you're a business that maybe has drivers that work for you, some things that you should probably be aware of and policies that you may need help writing up, you can find all sorts of, all sorts of tools and resources at federatedinsurance.com if you're a business owner and find out why they have been uh, the best in the industry for over 100 years. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, what is this week's pecking order, Judd Zilgad? So with the with the Vikings starting with expectations, that I think that this could, could be a fun year. But I don't think there's, like, expectations of of a championship run, right? Like, I think it's just like, oh, okay, Cousins has a coach who will talk to him. That's always nice. Um, my, my list, my list is going to be seasons that were probably the most fun because of the unexpected success that teams had. So, so not like, oh, that team's going to be good. They should win a ton. And then they do. I'm talking about years where it just starts and you're like, oh man, it's going to be fun to watch the, you know, the Vikings or the twins or the wolves or somebody. And then they actually take a leap and surprise you. And just to be very clear, I'm going to leave out because it's so obvious the 87 and 91 twins because they are one and two without a doubt. So I, I didn't yeah, include okay. them because just because, yes, in both cases, we didn't expect it. It was great. Um, if I was to include them, they would be one and two. And so I'm just going to give them a mention to start off with. And I'm going to start at the bottom of the list at 10. All right. Okay. All, All right. right. Let's do it. Unexpected right. success tie. There is a tenth place tie, so the only tie here. Oh wow! So we have eleven. We really have eleven. So we have Plus, eleven. We have thirteen because you're leaving off the two, like yep. the two best. Yep. 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 Wow. All right. Very quickly, 2012 Vikings. If you recall, the 2011 Vikings had been three and thirteen and were a complete and utter disaster. In 2012, Peterson rushes for 2000. 97 yards in the regular season. The Vikings go 10 and 6 and qualify for the playoffs, where, where of course, Ponders hurt, Joe Webb plays, and they lose to the Packers in Green Bay. 2012 Vikings, it's not because they made a run, it's because they popped up after such a disastrous year and actually qualified a, for the playoffs. It was a surprise, and credit for the starting quarterback, Christian Ponder, for leading those Vikings into the playoffs. His December was great. That was the weirdest thing. Like they were, they were, well, for him, it, it was fantastic. For him, for a good QB, not so much, but that December, he was really good for him. I mean, th- th- that's one of the, to me, th- that's one of the, the best Minnesota sports myths is that 
Christian Ponder's December of 2012 was this magic carpet ride. No, Adrian Peterson was driving a Ferrari, and Christian Ponder was sitting in a car seat in the back seat. But he got That's him what in. happened but he, got, but he got him in. They got in. Here, here are the yards Christian Ponder threw for in December of that season. Mm-hmm. 119, mm-hmm. 91, 131, 174. And then I will say, in week 17, they beat the Packers 37-34 at home to get in, and he had his best game probably of his career. It was 234, three touchdowns, no interceptions. There you go. Now, Peterson also ran for like 200 yards in that game. Yep. And they were playing off play action. But yes. The man it was, was a, a disaster. It was a, fun, it was a fun ride. And then for one month, he was not. And then his career absolutely from there went. And then he, and then he washed his hair at a CVS yeah, in he was a an parking idiot. lot. All right. Uh, the tie for 10th for t- place is the 2017 Twins. After going 59-103 and 103 and finishing 35 and a half games back in the AL Central uh, in 2016, they go 85-77 and 77 and lose in the one-game wildcard playoff after taking a lead in the first against the Yankees in the Bronx. <laughs> but much like the 2012 Vikes, the 2017, 17 Twins were a fun team coming off a disastrous year that actually provided some compelling content. Not great, yeah, but not, compelling. Not, not, not even the front office believed in that team. Yeah, and Paul was very upset about that. Yes, he was very upset about it. All right, number nine, 2019 Twins. Rocco Baldelli's team, his first year, when I think we all still were, were like, this guy's really good. And by the way, that team was fun. Uh, set the Major League home run record with 307. That team won 101 games, which I think is the second most in franchise history. I think the expectation for that team was, can they be competitive? And to come back and to put on the power display, and that was a fun team. And that, and that, unlike this team, in my opinion, was a likable team. 2019 Twins are nice. Yeah, they had, they had an identity. They were fun. They hit the most home runs in franchise history. A lot to like about that team until October. Yeah. And then they just well, decided that they weren't going to they weren't going to hit home runs anymore. And they started R- Randy Dobnik in game 2, which was also one of the stupidest things I've seen from a team that's done a lot of stupid things. All right, number 8 on my list. 1988-89 Gopher Men's Basketball. All right. Mm. Coming off a 4 and 14 Big 10 Finished the previous year. The Gophers go 19 and 12, 9 and 9 in the conference, and advance to the Sweet 16 in what was their first NCAA tournament appearance since 81 82. They beat Kansas State and Siena before they played Duke and lost. That team came out of nowhere. Like that program, I think two years before that or three years, had been a complete mess. A complete mess. I think they've only been to the Sweet, even if you count like the years that got taken away. I think they've only been to the Sweet Sixteen maybe once since then, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, and then that 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 team set up the team with Clem the next year that went to the Elite Eight. Oh, okay, and okay. lost. But that team was so supposed was, to be I was good. Very wrong. Yeah, but that team was supposed to be good. This team, no expectations. And I will always say this: when golfer basketball is good, it is so much fun. This is very, very much a basketball city that now produces NBA caliber players. I mean, it's it's a basketball hotbed, and they just need 
They need something. And the, and the Timberwolves, should, I think the Timberwolves are going to provide a, a great atmosphere. The Gophers are still a long ways away. Unfortunately, probably true. Unfortunately, yeah. true. All right, 2002-3. Gopher basketball again. Women this time. Mm-hmm. This team was a, a the, de- the definition of, of a magic carpet ride. This program had been awful at points. Like, just awful. Nobody cared. Um, they, they then... In 2002, made it to the second round as a fifth seed. And then this team, seeded six, beat Tulane and number three Stanford before going to the Sweet 16 and dropping the game to second-seeded Texas. That was then a springboard for the Final Four appearance with McCarvel and Whalen the next year. But this was that brief time span where, where this program got good. I think this is around the time that they moved across the street from the pavilion into the barn and were actually drawing really well. Really, really well. This team was a fun team, a likable team, and at the time, damn good. Yep, and it, and it launched, you know, 20 years of the Lindsay Whalen legend into, you know, a Lynx dynasty, and now she's obviously the coach. So that was, that was when we were all sort of introduced to Lindsay Whalen for the first time, and now mm-hmm. she's, I think, on the Mount Rushmore in my lifetime, the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota sports figures. Hands down, that run to the Final Four, I and mean, I was like 11, 12 years old, was like one of the most fun I've ever had as a Minnesota sports fan watching that happen. I mean, the upset yes. against Duke in the Sweet 16 was obviously like kind of the cherry on top. Like, oh, this is actually something pretty damn special to get to the Final Four. I remember being like glued to the TV and also restaurants being absolutely at capacity especially mm-hmm. for that Duke game and going forward. Like, that was legitimately it's one of my best sports memories is watching those games with my dad, and that was an awesome run. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. Number six. Number six. They say this didn't happen, but they're wrong. It oh, did. And I go. say, hang the damn banner today. 96-97, play the Rouser, go for men's basketball team. This was one of the most fun I've, I've had with sports. In this no, town. I, I thought I thought the Gopher basketball team disappeared for a few years there in the nineties. I don't thirty thirty. I don't know what year you're talking about. Thirty one and four, sixteen and two in the Big Ten, and made it all the way to the Final Four as a top seed. Um, this was great, and and I believe if I'm not mistaken, the loss in the Final Four came to a pretty damn good Kentucky team. They beat Southwest Texas State. They beat Temple. They beat Clemson and. UCLA in the Elite Eight. I don't, you can, you know what? Just because a couple of papers got written for kids, and by the way, if you did that now, you don't get stripped of anything, all right? This was one of the most fun years, and I don't care what the stupid NCAA said, this existed. This was a great golfer basketball run. Yeah, what do they, if that happens now, they definitely, they'll hit you with some sort of scholarship penalty or like a, isn't it called like a, a show clause? No, a show cause is if you get in a ton cause. of trouble. But but here's the but I think five years back now, North Carolina had this exact thing, and the excuse was, well, they were helping kids throughout this class, including non basketball players, write papers, and so they said, well, if that's the case, if everybody cheats, you're not in trouble. Oh, because the whole class had yes, cheated. Help. Yes. So we need to go back and prove that. That's what I Other said. Other non, that like Quincy Lewis wasn't the only guy that had a paper. Courtney James was not the only person in that class who who had help on, I believe, uh, d- doing an in depth paper on the menstruation cycle, which is what that paper was. 
What class was it? Women's studies or something? Biology class Biology? of some sort? I don't know. The point is, give us back the damn banner. Mark Coyle, hang that Does that, that banner. banner still exist somewhere? Is that banner I think it's in a back room. I, th- I think it does. I'm dead serious, too. It would be I a great a class prank. If any oh young God. gophers are listening right now, if you are a senior at the U of M, find that banner, hang it in the middle of the night in Williams Arena. Make it NFT or something. It'd be hilarious. Why don't they just put it back up? The NCAA is a complete joke. We, we know that now, right? Just put the what damn banner ju- yeah, back up. What, yeah, what, what if you just put it up? What That's would the NCAA point. do? And I would have a night, and I would bring back Clem, and I would bring back players, and I would say we're going to rectify the mistake. And the mistake was believing that school was important because all that was important that year was the basketball team. There was a, there was a time where St. Cloud State stripped homecoming. We didn't have homecoming for years because things got out of control right before I got there. So they replaced homecoming with what was called Welcome Week. Welcome week for parents and alumni to come back like mid-October. Essentially, homecoming just named something completely difference? different. It's not, but welcome week would apply to this go for football. It, it's uh, it's yeah. some type of welcome celebration. Yeah. It's not honoring them, it, but it, it's it's backdooring your way still doing the same damn thing. Yep. Clem, come back, and then we'll get that banner and we'll raise it to the yeah, right. We basically just disowned Clem Haskins, the greatest coach in Gopher basketball history, because a couple kids had papers written for him. For a cheating scandal. Ridiculous. For a che- mm. Unless you do something illegal, I don't want to hear about it. Like, if, if you're a criminal, then you know what? Punish that person, that, that coach. But, my God, Clem, you know what Clem did here? Like, th- this program was in disarray. He did a fantastic job. Who cares if the kids went to school? That's, Amen. Drives me crazy. All right. Next on my list, the 2002 Twins. A team, Where are we at here? Number, was this number five? five. Yep. 2002 okay. Twins. Ten-year playoff drought. Um, the Twins then go with with Gardenhire in his first year in the dugout. 94 and 67. They finish in first place. And then, most importantly, probably, they actually win. Hold on. Wait for our Twins fans, especially you young kids. They win a playoff series. That means they won not only one game, but more games than, than their <laughs> opponent. And and that team then lost in the ALCS to the Angels in five. That team also had a 23-year-old Johan Santana, went 8-6, 299 ERA, 27 games, 14 starts. Torrey Hunter okay, had Burple, 29 it. home runs. We're going to do this. Ortiz had 20. David Ortiz, I forgot about that. They cut a guy who had 20 home runs a couple of years before that. Anyway, the Twins, 2002. And I don't want to spoil the rest of your list, but I don't. I didn't find that season to be particularly shocking. Maybe it was the run, the fact that they beat they beat the A's and then they went to the ALCS that was That team was up big uh, with Kelly in his last year in 2001, up big in what, July, yeah. but then completely fell apart. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to spoil the rest of your list because I have I have more takes on this, but let's keep going. Here. All right, next one, two thousand two three wild, wild, um, third year expansion team makes the playoffs for the first time, which is awesome. That's great. They're playing the Abs. Everyone's like, well, they're they're going to be done in like four games, right? They come back from three one to beat the Abs. They come back from three one to beat the Canucks. They finally go out, but it's in the Western Conference Finals. So the 2002-3 Jacques Lemaire neutral zone trapping. We don't care if the game's attractive because we're going to win hockey games. That team is next on my list. All right. Now I'm down to the final. Oh, I'm sorry. That was number four. So now I'm down to the final three. All right. The third team, the 90-91 North Stars. 
This team, mm. for lack of a mm-hmm. better term, sucked. They finished <laughs> 38 points behind Chicago. So Chicago won. They were below 500, right? They were awful. They were 38 points back of the first place team in their division. And 37 points back of the second place team. And yet they beat both of those teams and Edmonton and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. That was a fun run. But that was as unexpected as it possibly gets. Yeah. Now that's... uh. The NHL, it's funny because I think it was like, didn't two-thirds of the teams get into the playoffs during that time in the yeah, NHL? 16, something absurd. 16 out of, I think, was that still, I think that was still the 21-team league. So, yes, 16 to 21. <laughs> so, just got in everybody for a long time. just gets in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and if you get hot, you get a goalie that stands on his head. You can get a below 500 team that makes, makes a run. John Casey, man. Right. John Casey. Mm-hmm. All right, number two, 2017 Vikings. Um, that team, I don't think it's that we thought that team was going to be bad, but Bradford gets hurt in the week one win against the Saints. And now starting in week two, you put in Case Keenum. And if I'm not mistaken, week two was against the Steelers in Pittsburgh and they lost. And you're like, oh my God, this is going to be brutal. (laughs) That is, I think that that was in recent history, Vikings wise, as fun of a magic carpet ride run for a Vikings team. As I, I can recall, I know it, it ended in, in disappointment, but I still refuse to equate the disappointment of being blown out by the Eagles in the conference title game with the with the certainly 98 loss to the Falcons in the um, championship game and then the conference championship loss to the Saints. I still regard 2017, despite the disappointment, as a fun year and really the last year in which Zim was Zim. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, yes, I agree with this. I mean, the whole thing was Magic Carpet Ride Central. That's that's probably the most shockingly, I think we thought the Vikings would be competitive, but for them to be that good was was very far-fetched, especially with the quarterback situation. So, yeah, I, I agree with the placement of the season. All right, and atop my list, because this is the first time that young Judd saw a team and, and was fully cognizant of a team making a run in this godforsaken sports town to a championship series of any sort, 80-81 North Stars. All right? So here's what made this improbable but fun. The North Stars played Boston in the first round. Going into that series over the the first 14 seasons of this franchise's existence, the North Stars had been 0-28-7 in Boston Guard. They won game one in overtime. Uh, that was then a best three of five. They swept it in three. They went through Boston, Buffalo, and Calgary before they obviously collided with the Islanders, who were a great team, and beat them. But that was my first personal taste of a run to a championship. Um, and largely, I think, in many ways, shaped me as a sports fan. Because you get a taste, and it's like, oh boy, this is fun. This is a it lot of shaped fun. You, shaped you as a man. So the 80-81. Shaped you as a boy. Exactly right. The 80-81 <laughs> North Stars uh, are atop my list. The 2017 Vikings are next. And then my third is the 90 91 North Stars. The difference between those two teams is that is the team that went in 81 um, was like on the ascent. So it it was surprising, but that team 
was getting good in 91. I mean, that team was awful for much of that year. And I don't know how Phil's probably right. Hot goaltender, et cetera. But the fact that they got through was probably a, a much bigger surprise in some ways. Yeah. It's a pretty good list. That's a pretty good, pretty good pecking order right there. Very subjective. So two, two snubs that I would like to point out. I would actually Absolutely. swap the 2020, the 2002 twins for the 2001 twins. I know the 2002 twins went further because mm-hmm. they, the two the 2002 twins went to the ALCS, mm-hmm. but the 2001 twins, nobody thought they were going to be good. I mean, it was like a decade of 90 loss seasons, you know, leading up to that season, it was 93 losses, 97, 92, 94, they had a uh, they had a, a strike shortened season in '95 in which they were tracking toward a hundred losses. Yeah, yeah, um, good one. They had a '91 loss season in 2000 in 1993, and they built this huge division lead in the first couple months of the season. And it was all these new young guys: Minkiewicz and Pierzynski and Koski and Tori Hunter, Jock Jones, and then they faded in September. But that season to me was so much fun, and it just it ushered in a new generation of Twins fans, myself included, mm-hmm. and all of my high school friends. And then the other season I would throw out there is the 2019 P.J. Fleck Gophers. They um, they were coming off a seven and six season. They won their first nine games to jump to seventh in the country after they beat Penn State at home. Mm-hmm. And they wind up paying it off with an eleven and two record and a win over Auburn in the Outback Bowl on I think it was a New Year's Day, That's yep, a good one. January first, two thousand twenty. Yep. So they they weren't expe- they were expected to be competitive, but I don't think anyone expected them to to go eleven and two and beat Auburn in the Outback Bowl. Yeah. So I would throw that That's one. That's a great on one. Consideration too. I like it. Yeah. So there you go. Championships. Nice packing order. Nice little good history stuff. lesson too, because like. There's probably a good amount of our YouTube audience, especially who are like under 25, who are that have stars? no idea of those at least like four of those <laughs> yeah. seasons ever existed. Yep. Nothing like it's it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like the further you go with Minnesota sports, you start looking back thinking, God, was it really that long ago that this happened? Yes, probably. <laughs> well, and, sure, certainly. And, and just runs like that are just so much fun. Yeah, we always it's like with our winter sports teams too. You get you get through this long grind of a season, eighty two games, and all right, all right, all right, wild. Let's go. Come on, let's. Uh, this is the year. It's going to happen. Right. No, it doesn't happen. Or uh, or twins. All right, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna get through it this time. Nope. Yep. So well, we always have golf too. We can always head down to the Meadows at Mystic if we yes. are looking for a pick me up from our Minnesota sports failures. Yeah, it's uh, it's fall golf time, baby. Fall golf time. You can get in uh, 18 holes. You can play 27 like I did on Friday, and you may as well do it all at the Meadows at Mystic Lake, an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. You can book your tee time now at golfthemeadows.com to learn more full-service golf shop. They have a great little patio, too, to enjoy a nice cold one before or after, if not both of your rounds. Right, Book your tee time now at golfthemeadows.com. All right, dudes, that's a wrap on today's Mackie and Judd. Over on Purple Daily, we picked the Vikings' schedule today so come go find out how many how many wins we all have the vikings on officially going into 2022 tomorrow write that down predictions and an accountability session and then sunday vikings vent line on the purple daily youtube channel see you guys